Hey guys, Matt coming to you for the inaugural episode of Buckeyes in Maryland. I hope you enjoy. Buckeyes of Maryland. This is Mac Perry. Well, this is our first episode, and I thought I'd just introduce myself. My name's Mac. I was born and raised in Dayton, Ohio. Lifelong Ohio State Buckeyes fan, Cleveland Cavaliers fan, and Cincinnati Reds fan. The only non-allegiance to a sporting franchise in Ohio that I have would probably be the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know. They just, you know, I started watching football in 2004, I believe, and the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, and they were the, kind of the first team that stuck out to me. So, been a fan ever since. And with that being said, we'll go ahead and get started with our first topic. Philadelphia, the quarterback situation. Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? You pick, you decide. Me? You got to stick with the guy who's been under center, who has proven that he can give you an MVP caliber season, and that's Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts was an excellent college player, and he may very well be an excellent NFL quarterback, but that at this point in time remains to be seen. Plus, you just paid Carson Wentz. You have to see how this season goes and possibly the season beyond that before, in my opinion, you even consider trading him. The guy comes in in the league in 2016, has a so-so year. Uh, He did start all 16 games. The Eagles didn't finish in the playoff hunt remotely. It was kind of a down year for Philadelphia. And then you flash forward to 2017, his second season in the league, and the guy is a flat-out MVP. In my belief, he would have been the MVP had he not gotten hurt. And I think that's probably everybody's opinion on that matter. You know, he unfortunately injured his knee in that game against the Rams that season, and the rest is history. Nick Foles comes in, wins the Super Bowl, wins Super Bowl MVP, and then, you know, 2018 occurs. It's almost the same scenario. Carson goes down, Foles steps in, guides them to the playoffs. They ultimately lose in the playoffs, but – you could argue that they were a dropped catch away by Alshon Jeffrey to get into the NFC Championship game. That's neither here nor there, though. 2019, Nick Foles is gone to Jacksonville, has a pretty bad year. Carson, Philadelphia don't have a great year by any sense, but they still end up winning the division. Carson makes it all the way through 16 games and gets hit on what I believe to be a dirty hit by Jadavian Clowney. That's also neither here nor there. But regardless, they were still in the playoffs. He still carried the team on his back, playing with pretty much no names at receiver at that point. I mean, you did have Dallas Goddard, and that's about it. 2020. 
you go into the draft, you take Jalen Hurts in the second round. It's a head-scratcher of a move at the time. But, I mean, you could justify it. It's a insurance policy in regards to Carson's health. I get it. But at the same time, I think everybody was expecting Philadelphia to move up and snag one of those stud three wide receivers early on. Instead, Dallas ends up getting who I thought Philadelphia should have gotten, C.D. Lamb. Uh, Jalen. Jalen had a pretty crazy college career. You know, he is a starter at Alabama, gets benched for Tua Tagovailoa, transfers to Oklahoma, ends up as a Heisman Trophy finalist, and, you know, now he's with Philly. Couldn't be happier that we got a player of his caliber in our quarterback room, but that was a pretty high draft pick to spend on a guy who probably will be on primarily the bench and may not even be the backup quarterback when the season opens. You know, he's uh, he's going to be a gadget player similar in the mold of Taysom Hill. And, you know, not that that's a bad thing, but I think justifiably in the second round you could have got somebody that would be a bigger, you know, contributor during this season. That's not to say Jalen won't play a big role in, you know, Philadelphia going forward because I honestly believe that Philadelphia wins the division this year and we end up, you know, competing in the NFC. This It's really a two-quarterback or two-team race at this point in the NFC East. You got Dallas and you have Philadelphia. Washington and New York figure to be just trying to advance and make progress and develop some players. You know, they have some guys. They have some talent, you know. Obviously, with New York, you have Saquon Barkley. And, you know, you have Daniel Jones, who probably will, you know, at least be a solid quarterback in this league. But beyond that, you know, you you have Darius Slayton as well. But beyond that, I just don't see them making serious progress and headway in regards to their record this year. And then you look at the Washington football team and all the turmoil and distraction that they've had. It just doesn't seem like they're going to be making a whole lot of progress this year either. And, you know, make no mistake, they definitely have some pieces. You can't go wrong with Chase Young, you know, with the number two pick that they chose. You know, you have possibly a franchise quarterback in – Dwayne Haskins, who, you know, it's in a, both of those are Ohio State guys that, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for them, even though it kills me since they're within the division. But I don't see them, you know, really making a serious impact and serious noise in the division this year. So Philadelphia and Dallas, it's a two-team race. We'll see. But I'm predicting Philadelphia goes 10-6, and six, maybe 11-5 and five this year. We'll just have to find out. Sticking with the NFL, what are we to make of a 43-year-old Tom Brady in his Tampa Bay Buccaneers debut? I mean, yes, the man is a six-time Super Bowl champion and will go down as probably the greatest quarterback ever. 
And so I know some people say that that's debatable, but in my eyes, the man has six rings, and you know he was part of one of the most successful dynasties in all of NFL history. So how can he not be? But besides that, the NFL is a what have you done for me lately league. Yes, Tom Brady managed to get the New England Patriots into the playoffs last season, but his play was greatly diminished. Is that a proponent of the lack of weapons that he had? Or is it an actual show of decline? I don't know. Hard to say. I mean, you you would think that we would give the man the benefit of the doubt based off of his resume, but like I said, it is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. That's just the way it is. Now, what is notable about this is that he is going to be operating with the probably the best set of weapons he's ever had, to be honest. You know, he's got a great wide receiver duo in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and he also has a trio of excellent tight ends in O.J. Howard, Cameron Brayton, Rob Gronkowski. All terrific in their own right. Especially Gronkowski if he comes back at even 80% of what his prime days were. You know, you look at the landscape of, you know, in the roster makeup, and you just think to yourself, yeah, they they probably should be considered NFC contenders. But at the end of the day, we are talking about a 43-year-old here. And, you know, traditionally, his time is not kind to quarterbacks as they age, you know. But Tom Brady is special. He's got it, you know, whatever that it is, whatever that it factor is, he's always had it, and he has always found a way to will his team to victory, you know. A lot of people will say that Bill Belichick, you know, they, Tom Brady was made by Bill Belichick, or Bill Belichick was made by Tom Brady. No, it was a mutually beneficial relationship or marriage that they were in, and both benefited. Bill Belichick will go down as perhaps the greatest uh, coach in NFL history as well. So they accomplished a lot together. But there is a new head coach overseeing Tom Brady, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is a very innovative guy. He says all the right things. He's had a pretty successful track record but you know he was working with Jameis Winston last year and although Jameis threw over 30 plus touchdowns he also threw over 30 interceptions as well so you know the, the, the weapons are there the offense is there all that there is to it is just for Tom to go out there and prove everybody including myself wrong because if I'm looking at this you know, this situation, and I'm saying to myself, I think he's done. I think it's over. I think Brady 
sticks around for a year and maybe they go nine and seven, ten and six, but I don't think they're gonna be as good as their roster would suggest they, they are. Okay, moving right along. Staying in the NFL, uh, but let's go to a team with expectations that should be exploding through the roof. I mean, th- let's talk about the Cleveland Browns, you know, since this is technically an Ohio podcast. The Cleveland Browns, they have a stacked roster, ladies and gentlemen. You have a wide receiver duo who is figures to be among the tops in the league, probably a top five tandem in Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Those two are excellent when healthy and when engaged. You know, I know there's always going to be questions with Odell Beckham Jr. and whether or not he is fully engaged and if he's taken the game seriously. But the guy is a a talent. When he puts it all together, he can be a game changer. And Jarvis Landry is no slouch. So those two alone can, you know, shift the tides for Cleveland in regards to football. You know, you you have a third-year quarterback in Baker Mayfield who, you know, he had an excellent rookie season statistically. And his second year was a bit of a letdown. I think he was kind of, you know – expecting to explode and to have a great year based upon how his first year went. But, uh, you know, as often the case, that sophomore slump, you know, came about and he didn't make a big impact at all. But coming into this third year, another year into the league, he should be primed for big things this season. You know, you you take a look at the backfield and you have Nick Chubb, who has just been cleared from concussion protocol, and you have Kareem Hunt, who didn't play the first eight games of the season last year. You know, you have those two as a stellar one-two punch. You know, either you want one-to-two or one-A, one-B, however you like it, because Kareem Hunt did have a pretty successful run with the Chiefs before he was released. Uh, Nick Chubb was... Excellent last year, and he is a battering ram. You know, that guy, he's not quite Derrick Henry in that sense, but he will win you some games more often than not. You have those two, and, you know, you go to the the, the tight end room where you have – you still have David Njoku who had requested a trade, but, you know, that hasn't happened yet, and he has just recently stated that he would like to remain in Cleveland long term. Uh, That – you know, who knows how that situation will play out. But for the meantime, you know, you still have him. And at that starting tight end position, you have Austin Hooper, who is coming off a 75-catch season with the Falcons. Uh, and he figures to be a big pickup for Baker Mayfield. You know, one of the quarterback's best friends is always a tight end. He can be that security blanket and if David and Joku remains with the team, you know, those two can play a huge role in the passing game and provide excellent blocking, hopefully, for the Browns this season as well. You know, I, I look at the makeup of their offense and, you know, this is probably the best 
team offensive-wise that they have had in a very long time. Uh, you know, and then you, you move over to the defensive side of the ball, and, you know, they they have a couple of guys who have been on the roster for a year or two now and a couple of veterans. Uh, you look at the cornerback position, you have an excellent uh, corner in Denzel Ward who may compete for a Pro Bowl this season. Uh, you have Greedy Williams, who is a pretty good player in his own right. You go to the uh, defensive line, and you have both Olivier Vernon, uh, who isn't a slouch. You know, he was pretty good with his uh, run with the New York Giants. You have a uh, perennial pro bowler in Miles Garrett, assuming that he keeps his head on straight. And you also have Larry Okunjobi. Uh You have a... You have a good makeup of guys on that defense, and it you know it remains to be seen. Oh, I forgot to mention Mac Wilson. You know you have a you have a pretty good defensive lineup uh, that they will start the season out with once they get the depth chart handled. Uh, they they should be able to you know compete this season with the Baltimore Ravens for the division title because. I, I honestly do not believe the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to make a lot of noise this season in the AFC North. Yes, Big Ben is coming back. Ben Roethlisberger is, you know, he's been a wonderful player, and he's probably going to the Hall of Fame, two-time Super Bowl champ, but he is also 38 years old and coming off of surgery. You know, we, you know, I talked before about what age does to quarterbacks and you know you look at a 43 year old Tom Brady who appeared to be declining last season uh, and it just it doesn't the arrow is not trending in the upward position anymore for those guys you know big men could mean the difference between uh, you know a high draft slot and uh, six seed in the playoffs maybe wild card I don't know but I don't honestly believe they'll be competing with the Baltimore Ravens and Cleveland Browns for that uh, title within the division. If I had to make a win-loss projection for the Browns this season, you know, as I look at their schedule, they start off week one with the Ravens. I mean, obviously, that's a tough matchup for any team. So, uh, you know, that could be a loss. You have week two with the Bengals. That should be a win. Week three, Washington. That should be a win. Dallas. I think that's a loss. Uh, you have the Colts still; they're going to be breaking in Philip Rivers. Uh, I think that could definitely be a loss. Uh, you have the Steelers, which should be a win. Uh, Bengals again, win. Raiders, win. Texans, that might be a tough matchup. That could be a loss. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, my favorite team. Uh, I'm hoping that's going to be a loss, but we'll see. Uh, Jacksonville should be a W. Tennessee um, remains to be seen whether Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to duplicate his production from last season, but I will take the Browns in that matchup. The Ravens again, uh, you know, it's a division game, so anything can happen, but I still have to give the benefit of the doubt to the Ravens. Uh, you have the Giants, which should be a win. The Jets should be a win, and you close out the season 
against the Steelers. Um, again, divisional game, but I'm going to give the edge to the Browns. Uh, you know, with that being said, I think we're looking at probably a 10 and 6, possible 9 and 7 situation. Uh, you know, I don't outright think they're going to, you know, overthrow the Ravens as the best team in the division. Uh, but I definitely think they can compete. So if I had to give my projection and my prediction, it'd probably be leaning towards 10 and six for this season. Staying within the division, I would be remiss if I didn't speak about the Cincinnati Bengals since this is technically a Ohio sports podcast. Uh, where to begin with the Bengals? You know, they obviously couldn't do wrong with the Joe Burrow pick. Uh, I think he has the right combination of swagger and confidence uh, to go along with his college production to translate well to the NFL. You know, they are high on this kid. And honestly, I am too. I think he's, you know, he's going to be a big deal, you know. Uh, is he going to come out of the gate throwing touchdowns and making big plays like he did at LSU? I'm not sure because, you know, you look at his weapons. Obviously, you have mainstay A.J. Green. Uh, they did draft T. Higgins. And, you know, they have Tyler Boyd. They have a couple of pieces. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be able to necessarily replicate his uh, production uh, at LSU immediately. Uh, at Cincinnati, well, in Cincinnati, rather. I just don't see that happening. But what I will say, is it possible for him to go in and by the end of season break, Baker Mayfield's recently set uh, rookie touchdown record? Yeah, I think that's possible. Uh, if you get a rejuvenated A.J. Green back on the field uh, and you have big numbers from T. Higgins and company, I think it's definitely possible for that to happen. Uh, the Bengals do have a couple of, you know, veterans. You know, you have mainstay Geno Atkins, who is a flat-out baller still. You have uh, a big pickup in Von Bell. I think that's kind of underrated, honestly. Uh, I liked him uh, coming from the New Orleans Saints. You have Carlos Dunlap still. You have... <clears throat> Uh, Sam Hubbard, who was starting to break out last season. So, you know, they should be better this year. They're not going to compete. Uh, that'd be asking too much of Joe Burrow and company. But I think they will take a step forward from the 2-14 and 14 record they had last season. I think that's a no-brainer. You know, they... I honestly think they'll, you know, they'll get to maybe 6-10... and 10, Five and nine ish. I'm not gonna go seven and nine. I don't think they're gonna win that many games. I still think they're a couple of pieces away from uh, making some noise within the AFC North and competing eventually for a, a divisional crown. But crazier things have happened. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll just have to see how that situation plays out there because we don't have uh, depth charts released and we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, with a few of their players. So I'm going to go 6-10. and That probably be my prediction for them on this season. But that is progress still. You know, you finish 2-14, and you got the top pick. 
And that, you know, all you can really ask of Joe Burrow at this early stage is to develop. Uh, So I think that they are, you know, a team trending in the right direction, you know, coming off the Andy Dalton era, who, you know, in his prime, he probably was the, you know, he wasn't quite Carson Palmer, but he definitely got you to the playoffs in his prime. Uh, so I think that Joe Burrow can be better, but time will tell. You know, you can't necessarily always attribute collegiate success to uh, NFL success. So we'll just have to find out how Joe plays. The final topic that we'll discuss in this first episode would be about the Dallas Cowboys and whether or not Dak Prescott deserves a large contract extension. That being said, let's dig right on in. Dak Prescott is and has been a, you know, a pretty consistent starter in this league now for a few years. Uh, you know, he hasn't had the breakout and, you know, major success as quarterbacks like um, Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson and obviously Patrick Mahomes. But he has been a, you know, consistent, you know, starter statistically for the Cowboys. Uh, you know, he'll get you to, you know, 10-6, 9-7 seasons. He'll... You know, he's not going to lose games for you, but I don't necessarily think he'll win them as well. Uh, but he's he's been a pretty decent starter. You know, you know, we already discussed, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz and what I think about them, you know, with them being my favorite team. I'm obviously a little biased here, uh, but I would be, you know, crazy if I didn't mention Dak has had some success. Uh I don't think that at this point in time uh, that he should be given Pat Mahomes money, obviously. No, and even though that, that deal is a team-friendly contract uh, as the years go on, I just don't think he has, you know, he, he has warranted that. You know, if you want to pay the man, uh, you know, a slightly larger contract than what Carson Wentz got, which I believe is at uh, 137 million uh over the next couple of years uh when he had signed that contract i think you could probably outdo that and still come out you know as a uh you know come out as a winner um if you're the dallas cowboys i think that you could definitely you know give him that type of deal and still uh, remain flexible uh, with your salary cap over the next couple of seasons. Uh, since you already gave, you know, Demarcus Lawrence uh, a big deal, and you already took care of Amari Cooper, uh, so I I just don't see him getting the contract that he wants. You know, he he got the franchise tag, and you know, if you want to go the Kirk Cousins route and get all that guaranteed money, you know, then by all means, Dak Prescott, but. Uh, you know, we, we, we have seen that work, you know, for Kurt, you know, he had, 
gotten a fully guaranteed contract with Minnesota, but I, you know, look at what they have done. Look at what Minnesota has done so far since they've given him that contract. So I don't see that type of situation uh, playing out for Dak and the Cowboys. You know, if you go that route, Jerry is just going to end up paying him that guaranteed money anyways. So they'll, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, this next season goes Super Bowl or bust, they're going to have to make a decision on him. They're not going to pay him this franchise tag amount and then turn around next season and tag him because, you know, it's just too expensive. It's either he's going to play this year out and he'll be gone or they'll get him on a – uh, a deal that works for both sides. He's not going to get the money that he's looking for or that uh, that he thinks he deserves. He could definitely, you know, set a new bar for uh, guys of his tier, but I just don't see that he deserves the type of contract that Mahomes got. You know, you look at the success, as I mentioned earlier, of Deshaun Watson um, and Watson, he'll definitely get something, you know, in that range. But Dak won't, you know, at this point. He hasn't proven uh, enough to Jerry and probably uh, the rest of the world, to be honest. He just hasn't. Uh, he, he has been consistent. He is statistically a good football player, but is he going to get the job done when the time comes? Is he going to put the team on his back? Is he going to carry the Cowboys to a division title and beyond? Uh, Is he going to get them to the Super Bowl? And I think that's what Jerry's waiting on. You know, you've seen how well Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson and Mayhomes and company have done. And you can't help but wonder, you know, why am I going to pay this guy this amount of money if he's not going to get us at least to a conference championship game. Uh, Time will tell, but Dak Prescott, in my opinion, is not worth the amount of money that he is asking for. He'll get somebody to pay him if he plays out this season on the tag and Dallas lets him go. Uh, You know, somebody will pay him. But is he worth the money necessarily? I just don't think so, you know. Uh, Again, I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And I'm a little bit biased on this, but, you know, look at the last few years. Look at the last few years for Dak and Carson Wentz, and you you tell me who you'd rather have. So uh, we'll just we'll have to find out. You know, this, this season is going to be a big one for the Cowboys. You know, they've invested a lot of money into their defense. Um, they picked up, a, you know, a really good receiver, and a couple other guys in this year's draft, you know, C.D. Lamb, he is going to be a excellent slot receiver, if you ask me. You know, they 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 have a stacked roster, guys. You know, they if they don't win the division, it will be because Philadelphia takes it from them. Uh, you know, they they have Michael Gallup, they have Amari Cooper, they have C.D. Lamb, they still have. Uh, Blake Jarwin, they have a lot of weapons to work with, and not to mention the uh, the perennial pro bowler in Ezekiel Elliott, who some might consider had a down year last season, uh, but you know he's been efficient, he's been productive for the last few years now, and he probably would have 
you know, that led the league in rushing every single year that he's been in uh, had he not been suspended. So, you know, we'll just we'll have to see how their season plays out in in regards to how Dak's contract situation is going to play out because if they are not getting to the Super Bowl this year or if they don't at least make it to the second round of the playoffs, Dak Prescott ain't getting that money. And with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring this first episode to a close. Uh, if you'd like to subscribe, please do so and share it up. Uh, this has been Mac with Buckeyes of Maryland. Have a good one. Thank you.